TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 368, and I am Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Aaron, I'm a host, actor, and reviewer for Weedonopolis. And this is Susie, and I'm an interviewer and write articles for Weedonopolis. And uh, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis, too. Okie doke. Thank you guys for returning. Uh, this week in the news, we have that along with Magnum P.I., CBS is also rebooting Cagney and Lacey. Because why not? <laughs> I feel like if you went into like some sort of cybernetic sleep in the 80s and woke up and turned on television, all your shows would just be back on. Um, <laughs> Courtney Vance and Mary Louise Parker are to star in a new FX comedy called Compliance. They're very low on details on that. I think it's a... I don't think it's supposed... It's not supposed to be recurring. It's supposed to be, like, ten episodes. But, you know, if it's a hit, they'll change their minds. Um, CW is doing the feminist reboot version of Charmed, which confused me because Charmed was nothing but women in the first place. So I don't know what a feminist reboot will look like. And the original creator was insulted and said she would not help out on the show at all. She's like, what do you mean a feminist version of my show? And, and I think I have... one, of the, one of the actresses on it, um, I saw her tweet the other day and she's like, yeah, because I guess we didn't do it right the first time. Right. So I'm even like, like, what? what? <laughs> I don't understand what a feminist. They're like, it's going to be fierce and feminist. And I was like, did you watch the first right. one? Okay. <laughs> Um, Damnation has been canceled by USA for those who are, there are a bunch of people online who are really deep into that show. I watched two episodes and stopped. So it's probably my fault. Sorry. Um, and also USA had approved a show called Rust Walls, which was a Western. They had approved it to go straight to series, but they couldn't find a leading man. So they just... Threw the series out, so they're not going to do it now. I'm like, uh, what does that mean? They said they were looking for a lead and they couldn't find one, so they canceled the show before it even got started. It had been approved okay. straight Apparently, to series, a and I'm in Hollywood. What? That's what I'm like. Really? Exactly. I'm really? like, how is that a thing? But that's what they said. Wow. Um, Michael Shannon has joined Alexander Skarsgård and AMC's show Little Drummer Girl. That, all I can say is that's a good cast, and it's supposed to only be six episodes. Mm. Okay. Uh, all right. Unless you guys have some news, let's move on to the show. Uh, first up, we'll start off with Star Trek Discovery, and this was the second week of... Ooh, plot twist! So, last week we had the whole reveal that Ash Tyler was really Volk, a Vulcan, no, no, Vulcan, duh, of Klingons. 
and this week we get to the MU and we find out that Lorca is actually Mira Lorca, which somebody, the internet had figured that out a while ago. And when I first saw it online, I was like, you guys are crazy. So I went back and rewatched the series and I was like, you guys are not crazy. Uh, but so I knew going into this episode what the big reveal was going to be, but I still liked it. But I also think that the, you have to look at the emperor's behavior before and after she finds out that Michael is from another universe. When she thinks it's her Michael, she's all like, you're a deceptive liar. And I've always known I had, couldn't trust you. You were a collaborator doing evil uh, I guess with Lorca to try to kill me and I hate you, but I love you. So I'm going to kill you quickly. And she's like, I'm not from this universe. She's like, Oh, poor baby. Lorca was so mean to you and treated you so wrong. And so you're like, wait, what's going on? And, and then like, she turns everything around in the conversation. And at the end of it, I don't think that the emperor knew that this Lorca was Mira Lorca, but what she did know was she wanted to keep Michael away from Lorca regardless. <clears throat> and then once she conveniently finds out that, oh, wait, it's the Mira Lorca that I hate anyway, uh, everything she's been doing has been to get Michael on her side. And I'm hitting my head into a wall going, Michael, be smarter. Michael, be smarter. She's on the verge of giving the Emperor the technology the spore drive technology in exchange for a way home and i'm like uh if you give her the spore technology she's gonna come to your universe and try yeah. to conquer it of course okay go ahead your thoughts yeah because that and that's that's kind of the point that that made me go huh i mean i liked the other stuff that was going on for sure but when we got to that i was like okay Apparently, since we found out when they first made this crossover into this alternate universe anyway, since they found that that other ship was there as well, they're mm -hmm. like, oh, we're not first. Well, that was like the clear indication that, okay, guys, what else aren't you knowing? And when they found out that, that Giorgio was like the emperor of, you know, pretty much the universe as they knew it, the, yeah, this whole idea of, of Michael being not naive, but, and I don't want to say stupid, but like, what are you <laughs> thinking, girl? Like, I mean, this is because what got me is that they were having their their little talk and Giorgio was like, so, you know, do you what about your Giorgio in your universe? Do you trust her? And Michael's like, oh, of course, like implicitly, really. And she goes, well, then you can trust me. And it's like, no, <laughs> really, is it that easy? You know, so I'm like, come on, come on, girl, you're not that stupid. Well, I so. kind of I feel mm -hmm. like it, they could go either way, that it could either be that Michael has been in the mirror universe long enough to know that everybody's stabbing everybody in the back and she's just trying to figure out yeah. what Giorgio's yeah. long game is. That right. is my hope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, the trouble is... is with this, you don't know because I mean the, the characters, I mean, I just got through marathoning a bunch of them, like, you know, a couple of days in a row. And so I'm, I'm caught up with this. And the thing that just, just stands out when you watch a bunch of them, 
at once is just the, 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 the constant stupid decisions that so many of these characters, but especially Michael, makes one after the other just to make the plot move forward. It's like I'm constantly staring at the screen going, why are you doing that? So this is just another example to me of why are you doing that? I um, because disagree. it just makes absolutely no sense. Generally speaking, I think Michael, they've shown Michael to be a pretty smart, and I rewatched all the episodes in one day. So I, I, I understand what, what you're talking about having them stack. But in this particular situation, I am I know that her guilt over the original Giorgio is driving her to try to get the approval of this one. Like, I get it. And I yeah, do. But it fe- doesn't make sense. I mean, if she's five years old and she's she's transferring her feelings like that, fine. But or if she's she's meeting up with a Giorgio who is even remotely like the like her mentor, that would be fine. But she's she's face to face with the woman who's like the most evil person in this <laughs> universe, and and she's and who was just about to kill her. So yeah. really, it doesn't make any sense that she would trust her as far as she could throw her. Well, I think, and, it's, you know, but it's not so much that she trusts her. It's also the fact that she feels betrayed by Lorca. And this is like the, I think this is like the third betrayal. She found out yeah, and, well, that but Sarah that's betrayed too. her. And then she found out that Ash betrayed her. And so then to get to Lorca and find out that he betrayed I don't think it's so much that she trusts the Emperor as she's going off of her feelings of betrayal. Though well, but sport... that should that should push her even further to not trusting her because she's oh, yeah. now found that she doesn't. There, there, like can't trust anybody. You know, several people around her who who she can't trust. The how she would ever ever have trusted Lorca is beyond me because throughout this entire, I mean, t- to be honest with you, I I didn't hear anything any discussion about well because you know I've been staying away from the show, but I I knew. I mean, we even discussed at the very beginning that there was something up with Lorca. He well, yeah. wasn't right. And as soon as they introduced the idea of a mirror universe, I went, oh, that's it. He's mirror Lorca. And sure enough, that's exactly. And and she even got a clue in the episode when he started saying, you know, something about the layout of the palace, like where they'd be able to find certain things. And at that point, and at that point, she should have asked herself, how does he know that? Um, and, and, you know, when they got closer to the reveal, there's a lot more clues that they started giving, like just his behavior, um, when they find out that the rebels are on the planet and she's given the order to blow up the rebels, she's like, what should I do? And he's like, blow up the rebels. And she's like, what? And he went, oh, wait. <laughs> he was like, was I not supposed to say that? Yeah, there, there were <laughs> Did much... Did I say that out loud? Yeah, there, oh. are, there are much bigger... Once they cross over, Lorca trying to pretend to be prime Lorca kind of goes out the window. So a lot of his answers are much more honest, mirror universe Lorca answers. But I'm still waiting as the show goes on to see if... Because they've done two betrayals, there's a theory that on the third betrayal with Lorca, he's actually going to flip back because his feelings for Michael, we're not sure what they are. Like for the mirror Michael, we get the impression that he was with her, he was maybe in love with her, but we don't know how he feels about this Michael, if he sees them as the same or as he's got, I don't know what's going on. And so in the next couple episodes, we'll actually get a better idea of who Lorca is because he has been lying for so long. Um, I feel like now we're going to start to see his hand more and get a better idea of 
who and what he is. But, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you that Michael's decisions with the Emperor right now are just baffling me. Susie, one more thing. Do you have any other thoughts before we move on? Because we do need to keep going. Since you only got to say, like, one sentence about how you felt about the show. Yeah, no, I'm just curious to see what they're going to do with this, with the Lorca, how good, bad, how she, how Michael's going to play with Giorgio. Um, but I will also say that um, I... Because I... I, Go ahead, I just sure. don't... Well, I don't know what they're going to do with Ash. I kind of wish they had just killed him Kill, when they I had agree. the chance. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Well, because so. now where they've left him, he's... He has a Klingon body with a altered human uh, consciousness. They've killed the Klingon consciousness. So how could you ever trust him or bring him back in the crew? I don't see it. I just I feel well, like they it's... could have him just sacrifice himself heroically. There's always that. Well, yeah, but that still ends up with him dead. And why didn't they yeah. just let him die when he wanted to die? He was like, you should have let me die in space. Right. And I don't know how long it would take until they get to that point. You know, right. it's like, I don't want that to draw out. Because he just kind of feels like now there's this character that, uh, you know, ooh, they had this big twist with him, you know, which I saw coming. Um, but then, yeah. you yeah. know, oh, definitely. Like, okay, this is where he is. This is what he is. Okay, fine. You finally revealed it. Great. And then, I, I mean, then they do this thing where they're like, yeah, no, let's uh, let's repurpose him back into the show. And it's like, no, oh, come no. on. Can you yeah. out better actors now? I feel oh. like, I feel like I'm done with him. Um, oh, I totally am. Yeah. Totally done with him. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Lucifer. And this was, wait. Yeah, Lucifer hasn't been on for a couple of weeks. This is the big reveal with, they had Kane, And you find out his motive is not to really screw, screw with Lucifer. He, he just wants to see if the lieutenant can help him die like she helped Lucifer die. So that's yeah. the end of the day. That's his motive. And they made him fairly sympathetic. Like I was like, Oh, I like this version of Kane. And, yeah. uh, what did you think? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think the same thing, um, that they, I like where they went with that. I wasn't even sure, honestly, at the end, you know, when they met before he left, you know, it's like when he was telling Lucifer what the deal was. And then it was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Because we still, we still don't know what the deal is with Decker and why she affects Lucifer the way she does. Um, so we I do still like don't it. even know the answer to that. That is really frustrating, yeah. by the way. Well, it is, but I kind of like it because, I mean, I know they're going to have to eventually because what in, they're in what the the third season now, so they're going to have to, you know, basically at some point say someone's going to have to figure out that he is who he is or something to that effect. So I'm hoping they they ante up, um, but I was okay with that, and um, I. I'm trying to think, wait, this was, so this was the one with the, the beach people, right? The surfers, or was that before? Yeah, yeah, I, th- <laughs> okay. I think this So that was, was kind of, yeah, that was, that was like, okay, well, they needed a plot for the week, so fine. <laughs> that was pretty lame, but the big point was that Lucifer was trying to do something good for the lieutenant so that she'd help him out. Yeah. And they're like, that's not how friendships work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the thing with Ella, that was, that was kind of cute how she was like so upset because, you know, Pierce yelled at her and she's like, I, she, she's like, she didn't want to talk. You know, she wanted to change her behavior. And then Charlotte, oh, that was perfect. When she came in in the coffee room, mm-hmm. <laughs> she totally gave Pierce the talk, the talking down. So there were little pieces of it I liked. Um, um, Linda and, and uh, Amina Diel, you know, their relationship. Getting caught. Still, yeah. yeah. 
uh, the whole Clem Dia thing was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, I mean, there were little pieces of it. It didn't really move the arc a whole lot on the needle, but at least, yeah, at least we know now that Pierce is staying and they're going to try and maybe focus more on why Decker has the, the effect she does have on them. So, yes, let's get to that sooner rather mm-hmm. than later. All right. Yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about Black Lightning, and this was episode two. And Aaron, you haven't spoken for a while. Hit me. What you think? <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm, I really love this show. Um, it's not perfect. There's a lot of issues that I see with it, but it, it I love the show, especially the opening sequence. My gosh, with Al Green's simply beautiful playing in the background, and we see um, Lynn and Jefferson kind of. You know, we, we see so much history in that short scene between them. I just thought it was extraordinary, those moments. Um, and I love these two actors. You can tell they have tons of chemistry. And I believe when they talk about their life together, um, I thought that was excellent. Um, here's what I didn't like about the episode, or I felt it was a bit out of place. Two things, two, two big things. Okay. Um, one is Anissa. Um, I felt, I'm like, are we going to see her manifest her powers at the end of every episode? <laughs> like, I, I'm starting to expect it now. <laughs> so, you know. Well, and- hopefully it'll be to where she actually figures out what she can do. And so it, and so by episode three, she's actually maybe doing something with her powers. I just hope it won't be at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, so, so you know, that that was like, okay, here we go. And even that moment wasn't as strong for me, um, the whole scenario. and oh, her uh, reaction to it? Yeah, I, I thought she was a bit flippant. She was like, yeah, I got this. I'm like, do you know what you just did? Do you even know who you are yet? So I wanted just to, I, I just didn't feel that that was a genuine moment there. Um, but, oh, my gosh. I mean, it was, here's a, what I love, though, also about the show is that, no characters are actually safe. They yep. took out Lawanda. I was like, "Holy cow!" Did not see that coming. I thought. I, Bla- I have thought- to say, I did. I did see her death coming from a mile away. He was like, "Give me twenty-four hours. Don't do anything. Stay right here, and I'll be right back." And I'm like, "Yeah, she's dead." I figured he was got <laughs> to get her out of trouble, <laughs> but. I didn't expect, you know, uh, Lala to just callously kill her, which is how it happens gang gangland style. But I was like, wow. I was like, okay. And then Lala gets it. Yeah. Um, was, that wow. was that I didn't expect. Yeah, I was surprised expect. about Lala, yeah. actually. Yeah. 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 So I think Tobias Whale is a phenomenal villain. He's a throwback to me to the old Shaft 1970s you know, villain, that that throwback villain, and he is a total kingpin. He owns it, and I like what he... I like what he is. I like this guy. I, I like the, the the man who plays him. Um, and I think that he's just really a, an admirable antagonist. Uh, Allison, yeah, I agree ahead. with that. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree with that. One of the strongest things about this show, I think, is its, its central villain, because a lot of times they fall down where it comes to, you know, producing a villain that I actually consider to be threatening. Yeah. I mean, it's it's usually some some kind of ridiculous thing where if they just made one right decision, the trouble would be dispensed with and the villain would, would go away or be jailed or killed or whatever. And this guy actually seems like a genuine threat to me. He's yeah. smart. He's capable. He's utterly ruthless. And he owns and the I, police. 
He does. And and the actor owns the screen. When he walks on, you know, you really don't look at anybody else. He is he has got a presence. And and, you know, you just so he comes on and like, OK, yeah, that is that is a villain that's worthy of the hero on this show. So I, I really, really like that. I, I was surprised that they got rid of Lala so fast. Um, but apparently they're just, I really liked him. he is William Catlett. He's, he's in everything and, and he's terrific. So I, I really was surprised when he disappeared so fast, but um, apparently they're just clearing the way. So, so black lightning can go head to head with yes. Tobias Whale. Well, he is the arch nemesis. Yeah, exactly, and that works for me because you know it's it's a great villain. Works. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on? All right, that was a good discussion. I like it. All right, next up, we're going to talk about this is us, and this is this. Was, they kept advertising this episode as being the big one, the big one, but it's more like the pre-big one. Um, but that doesn't make it any worse because I have to say, for the last like four or five episodes. I've managed to watch this show without crying. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. And then I got to this one. That's and I a was, feat. It, it's, it's impressive. Thank you. Uh, and I got to this one and I got about halfway through and I started sniffling yep. a little bit. I was like a little bit. I got something in my eye. I'm all right. And then I got to the end and I was just like, oh, my God. I was just bawling by the time I got to the end of the episode. And I was like, oh, I guess This Is Us is back. Okay. Um I do have a very obvious prediction, which is it looks like next week we actually get to see how Jack dies in the fire or whatever. And my very obvious prediction is that he's going to manage to get his whole family out. And then little Kate's going to be like, oh, my little dog, you have to go rescue my little dog. And he's going to run back in to save the dog and he's not going to come back out. Yeah. That seems, I think they've they've, pro- they've projected that pretty clearly. At pretty this hard, point. yeah. And so I was like, really, he's going to die for that little goofy dog? So that's going to actually make me mad at Kate. <laughs> Speaking of which, goofy little dog, when was the last time you, you could imagine uh, a dog of any kind not barking like there's no tomorrow? Like the house when a is fire on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are cats who've been known to wake up their owners when it, when the house is on fire, you know, I mean, right. I can't imagine that dog wasn't going off like an alarm. So yeah, it, that, that kind of stretched credulity, but yeah, I well, was, maybe I was that's what I wakes was... them up in the next episode is that the dog goes nuts. I don't know. And they hear the barking. Yeah. yeah. They, they could do that too. But um, yeah, it's, I, I, I was crying through the the episode, and when, as soon as they started the preview, I was crying through that too. <laughs> um, it's it's like you know you just sit there with a box of Kleenex and and let yourself go through through this is us through the pain. Um, I have to oh, tell you, a, by the way, that nine one one is like my new this is us. I cried through the end of nine one one as well. So just so you guys know, caution, bring tissue. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Yeah, and I I do like the uh, the new dog that they've brought in. For, oh, it's adorable! Uh, that that they got the, the literally. I mean, it's this this dog is the equivalent of those those paintings of the big eyed children, <laughs> but you know, as a dog, it's. I mean, he he looks up at you with these big glistening wet eyes, and it's like, yeah. oh, there's nothing I won't do for you. Yeah. Uh, Please take so, me yeah, home. I, I, when she when she left the place, oh, and I, I knew she was going to bolt, um, I was I was like, part of me was surprised that she actually went back and got the dog, and part of me was thinking they would never have cast a dog that 
perfectly adorable if we weren't going to be seeing it week to week. So, yeah, that's, you know, that was <laughs> Aaron, your thoughts before we move on? Oh, my gosh. When Kate walked out on that puppy, <laughs> I had something in my hand to throw at the screen. I was so mad. <laughs> and then the waterworks started. And I was like, I said I wasn't going to cry. She walked out. I started bawling. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> Um, it, 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 this show gets me like no other show can get to me. And when, when the, the appliance, when, I, as soon as that light came back on, I knew where we were going and it, it tore me up for the rest of the, sh- it just, I, I just knew. And then the voiceover, I didn't even hear the voiceover cause I was so torn up because I knew where it was going. Um, but I will say one thing that I love so much uh, amongst everything else, I love this relationship this brotherly relationship between Kevin and Randall. Watching them work together on that building, it just warmed my heart so much. I Um, really like this version of Kevin. He is the better, because when he was a kid and he resented Randall so much, I really didn't like Kevin. But now it's like he's got a hold of his resentment and he understands where it comes from and he knows it's not Randall's fault. And now they're actually brothers. Yes. You know, and yeah. I really like it. So, yeah, yeah. I do too. this is us, man. Oh yeah. Oh, God. and kudos also for this is us finally pulling another switcheroo too, uh, oh. with the old elderly couple in the crock pot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was so sure we were like in the future. I was like, oh, we've gone to the future and it's one of the people older. And no, we were in the past. Ah, yeah. That's wrong. <laughs> I was actually, you know, I, I was wondering where we were temporally. And when they started talking about, oh, there's this couple that wants to give up their house. I thought, oh, OK, that's where that comes into. And then they, they do the flashback. And it's like, got me again. <laughs> so, yeah. Kudos to that. Kudos to yeah, that. And I, have you read, by the way, that Crockpot has actually had to put out like a formal announcement that the Oh, is assuring people that their their crockpots do not catch fire. fire. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's terrible. That's oh. terrible. They have to sue the show. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Alienist, and I was I recorded it. I thought I might watch it, and then I read uh, Allison's review, and I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> so. <laughs> So this is this is no 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 no. This is why we do the podcast. We watch stuff so other people don't have to. So go ahead, (laughs) give give me your review. Okay, I you know I know that my review, but even you know even in my review, which I encourage everyone to see, it's on Weedonopolis. Um, It's uh, even at the end of the review, I say, look, um, there's a lot of problems with this show, but it's not things that they can't correct. Um, I'm, I feel like I, I need to keep watching the show because I'm hoping that they actually get their act together. They do get a new director by episode three, from what I understand. That's going to fix things, and hopefully the writing will pick up. Um, I, the, the problem with the show, it's there's there's a lot about the show that has promise. You know, I mean, the, the it's based on a book that was terrific um, about, you know, the uh, essentially an alienist as a police psychologist in the 1900s and um, they, they refer to that because they thought mental illness uh, was uh, a means of, of alienating a person from their true nature. So people who studied that and worked with the mentally ill were called alienists and that's where they get the title. But the, um, the, the show itself 
you know, it's so far the the main thing that's wrong with it, even though they clearly spent a whole lot of money, it looks gorgeous and and they've got actors who should be turning out good performances, um, is that instead we've got a script that is just by the numbers, really wrote painful dialogue. Um, I, I, you know, I, I pity the actors who have to actually try to 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 emote and say these lines and i think that they're getting really bad direction because i've seen all these actors daniel Bruhl, who who plays laszlo chrysler the, the chrysler the alienist uh, dakota fanning luke evans they've been great in other things and yet in this it's almost like watching a high school production the acting <laughs> They are literally, I mean, it's like, I think Luke Evans especially is just concentrating so hard on his accent that he really can't, you know, think of anything else to do acting wise. And Dakota Fanning still acts like she's learning her lines. And it's, it's painful to listen to. It's like, it's like when you hear Americans try to do Shakespeare, (laughs) it's just failing. Um, It's that kind of level of acting. Like they're just not comfortable with what they're saying. And they can't deliver it in any kind of realistic way. Uh-huh. So we've got that. And the, the, on the opposite end, we've got the villains in the show who are all acting like, you know, like cartoon vaudeville, mustache twirling, snidely whiplashes. <laughs> and and the two don't match up together whatsoever. And they've, they need on both sides to, to find a way to, you know, get to the middle. But I think all these problems are fixable whether they will fix them or not i don't know <laughs> and i'll wait for that uh the other uh aaron did you see it you're making comments i wasn't sure no i've only seen the pilot episode well um, that's what we're talking about the pilot mm-hmm. oh it's the pilot oh sorry i thought i, I thought enough still on the pilot oh okay um yeah i totally agree um with your review um i, I it just didn't inspire me to the next episode. I, that's why I thought another episode came. Out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest. <laughs> well, see, this is the thing that you keep saying. Well, maybe it has potential, but this is not my kind of show in the first place. So unless you're doing something extra special to set yourself apart, uh, I'm not going to watch it. And yeah. your review was like, "It's doing what all these other shows did, but worse." And I'm like, "Yeah, no." Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, the yeah. thing is, when The Alienist, the book came out, you know, it was very new. I mean, uh, just the setting of putting it back in, in the, the 19th century and doing as much graphic gore as the story has and, and getting into the psychology of the killer and all of that. And and serial killer fiction in, you know, just in general, just was not saturated through the market but now we've seen so many examples of both those things and and both those things together that the alienist really has to up its game and be something special in order to be you know must see tv and right now it's like eh. let's move let's move on um so pass at the moment is what we're saying all right uh next up we're going to talk magicians and What's weird is so far this season, Magicians has been great. This is the first episode I feel like that has been a misstep because we spent a lot of time with Alice and Q and oh my God, I was ready to fall asleep with their storyline. I did not care about Alice or the Lamprey chasing her. And they're like, they they were building up for like three or four episodes. What did you do to the Lamprey? Oh, I can't tell. What did you do to the Lamprey? Oh, I can't tell. And I was like, is it something predictable? Like you killed its family? And they're like, oh my God, I can't tell. And then they're like, I killed its whole family. And I'm like, come on. 
So all of that, and then her family's so obnoxious, or especially her mother, I did just, ah. Oh. However, the stuff that was going on with, uh, oh, one-eyed girl, what's her name? Margo. Margo. Oh, Margo, yeah. Margo's storyline was interesting. Yeah. I thought that that was kind of cool. And the storyline with uh, the cancer boy, good Lord, why am I forgetting everyone's name? Oh, names? Penny. Penny. Penny, Penny yeah. storyline I was at least a little worried about his fate. So those two storylines at least had my interest, but the Alice and Quentin storyline made me stop my DVR like twice. Like I was like, I can't deal with this. <laughs> so what are your thoughts guys? Oh my gosh. Um, I got to tell you um, the whole Lamprey Lamprey storyline fizzled um, because we saw a cat explode last episode. So I'm expecting a really big thing here with the lamprey right. and she, you know, then she electrocutes Carol. So I'm like, okay, we, we, we may go swim. Then she just electrocutes the lamprey and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where's the big knockdown? Why is it scary? Carol? Right. Yeah. You know, because I'm it's expecting just... this huge thing because that's what it's been building up to. If you're going like, to blow up a cat, then <laughs> And I'm like, you wasted my time and you wasted that precious cat. So that turned me off. Although here's, uh, for me, Margo and Elliot and Fillory are everything. Um, And they would just stay there more. But watching Margo crush her eyeball. Ah! Oh my God. Like she drew a line in the sand and she's no longer a victim. I'm like, okay, now... I'm expecting more and I'm expecting we're really going somewhere now because Margo, who I adore, stepped up to the plate. So I'm like, okay, you know, they can freeze Alice and Q in time and, you know, (laughs) some magic spell and they're they're gone for a few episodes. Give me Margo, Elliot, and I could take some Penny too. (laughs) All right, Susie, go ahead. Um, Yeah, no, all of that to all of the above, but also, I feel like I should be writing to the the creators of the show and say, okay, what the hell is with you and the cats? <laughs> really? Really? I'm, I'm starting to like be offended and like making sure my boys are out of the room when I watch the show because this is really rude. Um, you know, come on, bring a dog. I hate to say something. Hey! Like, hey, no dogs. No dogs. Opportunity animal torture. Um so My feelings a, are you can do anything you want to a human, but leave the animals out. Well, actually, I'd like to point yes. out they killed a puppy in first season. Thank you very yeah. much. Oh my! So I guess this was equal time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they. But don't forget, they like did the inside-out cat from last. Oh season. God! That's oh. Oh. Yeah. Right. No, I have done. wiped that from my mind. Thank <laughs> you very much for dredging <laughs> that back. Oh, we're done with the cats. But anyway, on top of that, yeah, I totally agree. The, you know, this this whole idea of Margot just like trying to figure out what she can do, you know, what's, what's going to be necessary. Um, the fairy queen. Now that's, that's a good character. Cause she is just like, I cannot wait until she gets her come up. And my, my question is, what is her, what is she trying to do? That's what I still don't know what she's trying to do. She keeps giving Margot really bizarre orders, like plant a field of mushrooms. Okay. It's, yeah, Which, I think by the doing. way, it doesn't work because funguses don't grow like that. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just like, well, what is, what is she doing? Like all these random orders she's giving Margot, I can't figure out what her master plan is. I guess. Well, I, I don't remember the details of it, but I think because of the deal they made for the the baby, you know, that it was like, okay, you know, the the fairy queen basically now is ruling Fillory as well, you know, and she's just doing whatever the hell she feels like. 
Um, but she also knows that they want to get out of the deal that they made for the baby. And so, which who apparently now is an adult anyway, the, the young daughter or the daughter, or the teenager. Um, but then it kind of feels like she's just doing, seeing what she can do to make sure that they don't find a way to sabotage that and, and cancel that deal and the whole thing. That's why so she her thing to... is distraction, giving them orders to do random stuff so that they're not yeah. concentrating on. Okay. Right. I and guess. that's why she so she could like literally watch what was going on you know and that whole thing so i think that's more of what it is is she's just trying to make sure that they don't ploy they don't plot against her and so okay yeah yeah all right let's move on uh overall i'd say this is a thumb sideways episode uh, i would give it more up for me except my kitties don't have thumbs to vote so no <laughs> <laughs> all right next up we're gonna talk about supernatural and this week's episode was a standalone it didn't give you any information on the overall arc whatsoever, and the villain was well, was no. technically no. monsters. What do you mean? What? Yeah. what did I miss? We got to see the big. That was a pretty cool big monster, though. You mean the vampires? What? Which big monster? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking. You're right. I'm thinking about the wayward sister. Still. Oh my god. Uh, that's still yeah. In my head. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. What, what did I miss? No. Uh, the no, no, actually, the biggest monster in this was a human being. Yeah, Ooh. that's true. Who was the uh, human being? Clegg. Clegg? Uh, the FBI guy. The, the cop. The, the yeah, FBI but was it, guy, rather. Wasn't he, a vam- wasn't he a vampire? No, I don't think so. He was a human being. He was selling to monsters. Yeah. I knew he was selling to monsters, but I thought he was actually something. I don't know. I guess I missed it, but I don't know that I cared because this episode was sort of lame. Because the whole time that Sam is strapped to the chair and they're auctioning off his body parts... Was there anyone who thought he was even going to get his pinky cut off? Like, no. Like, you know. No. That's funny because I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, oh, no, here we are. This could be, well, the usual. Dean will show up at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But at the last minute. I mean, really, you know, the Sam and Dean are the only ones who, who they cannot put in danger without the audience just yawning because, of course, they're going to be fine by the end of the episode. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, at least thing, the end of the season. Yeah, his whole thing was... I got to auction you off fast or your brother's coming. I was like, dude, just shoot him now. <laughs> just like <laughs> shoot him now. Then you can sell off the body parts and worry about the brother later. But no, let's auction him off first and waste time so his brother has a chance to get here and kill you. Okay, sure. Yeah, it was just dumb. Uh, this was not one of my favorite episodes because no. one, it didn't have didn't have Lucifer. It didn't have Castiel. Uh, it didn't even have the mom. So, No. Yeah, well, there was there was nothing arc. I think actually it was just tying up loose ends for the Wayward Sisters because if if you actually even remembered that uh, Donna had a boyfriend, oh, then, I didn't that yeah, at all. it was like you know, okay, let's let's figure out where he went while she goes off and does all this other stuff. So they took care of that, and it's like it seemed like a really long way to have to take care of something and very why, small. And why not do it on the, their show? Why do it yeah. on this show? Like that was weird. All right, let's just move on. I don't even have time. <laughs> Next up, let's talk about how to get away with murder. And this week in our therapist section session of how to get away with murder, everyone sits around and talks about their feelings. But <laughs> I have to say, in an episode where not a lot actually happened other than people sitting around and legitimately talking about their feelings, I was like, man, that was a really cool episode where they talked about their feelings. Because... I've always thought that Annalise and Bonnie's relationship was super complicated. And then last couple weeks ago, Bonnie was like, but I love you. And I was like, wait, what do you mean by that? And then this week they sit down like they said adults and like 
talked about it and I was like, oh, your relationship is really complicated. And I really, I thought that was amazing. I thought that was a really good use of, it's like their counseling session with, um, what's the actor's name? Uh, the counselor, Jimmy Smith, Jimmy Smith, Jimmy Smith. They're there. Cause they saw him separately as different, you know, people or whatever, but it's like his lessons to them worked because they could sit down and talk to each other and honestly have a discourse about everything in their lives and how they related to each other and how codependent they are. And Holy crap. Like that was great. And then when she went to talk to Jimmy Smith, he was like, I'm not going to fall for your web again. I'm not going to fall, fall into your world. I'm going to resist. I'm going to resist. And then she gave him puppy dog eyes. And she was, he was like, God. <laughs> it's like, fell back into your world again. <laughs> so I, I really like that. Any other thoughts? Go ahead, guys. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a great episode. And um, I got to tell you, Liza Whale and Viola Davis, Bonnie and, and Annalise, that was master class. Yeah thing in that scene because there wasn't a lot to do there wasn't a lot of activity but those two were so grounded i mean they just brought that thing home and it i love it when i can see an actor you know deliver just you know simple lines but it's so layered and so filled you could feel the history between these exactly two. that's what blew me away because i was like i've been watching this show for four seasons and i've been yes. watching their relationship all this time and i thought i understood their relationship yeah. but until this conversation i was like oh now i understand your relationship yes and yeah. that's what came alive to me you know and and i love when bonnie said wait you you thought when i said that i loved you you thought i loved you i thought that was <laughs> great i was like i was like thank you for explaining that line even more um that you said before i i just thought it, it was it was just a wonderful scene and it's one that I'm going to remember for a long time. Uh, one thing that caught me, um, I just think it's so interesting that uh, Oliver and his guilt that, you know, he's sitting at Simon's bedside, lied and said that, you know, he was his boyfriend and everything just so that he could sit there and talk to him. And I found that to be very interesting. So I'm curious if it's just guilt or if these are growing feelings that he's actually going to have for Simon. Well, I mean, so. he knew that Simon was interested in him, but he was so committed to his relationship yeah. But I think that's some where the guilt comes from is because he knows that he manipulated Simon's feelings for him to get what he wanted. And he mm -hmm. feels terrible about the whole thing. Yeah, so, I yeah. think that the relationship is more about guilt than anything else. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a realistic relationship mm -hmm. since really um, I, I can't imagine the character ever regaining consciousness again. I mean, he right. he blew of the back of his head he off. Is. Um, this is not this is a soap opera. He's absolutely going to wake up. Yeah, but I mean, as far as it's, it's, it doesn't mean that he'd wake up. Even if he woke up, it doesn't mean that he's actually going to have much in the way of brains. So Other this is not a relation. Point, he's going to point at them and be like, "They did it!" Like that's <laughs> totally what's going to happen. Which is which is nonsensical. Yeah, and, is, and you're probably but right, but it makes absolutely yeah. no sense. If they were going <laughs> to kill him, he would just be dead. But they, they're saving this. He's going to wake up from his coma at the most inopportune time. And be like, they did and magically it. remember what happened right exactly. up to the moment that he shot himself, exactly. which never happened. But yes. yeah, you know, the thing, the thing is from, from the perspective of, of the characters now, he's like in a vegetative state. Yeah. And the fact that, that he's getting all these feelings for him and everything else, it's not a realistic relationship. No, what he no. is, is just expressing the guilt that he has oh, yeah. for having been part of this. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. 
All right, <clears throat> let's move on. Um, we the uh, I actually can't believe I'm still really into this show. It's like I was like, man, once they kill Wes, I'm done. But yeah, they still got me. So <laughs> uh, next up, we're gonna talk about the Good Place and talking about a show that got me. Wow. Okay, so here's the question to you guys. Did you think that the whole Eleanor Cheaty test was a fake out? Like, I figured it was a fake out because it was like, you guys have promised you're not going to leave each other and you're gonna, your fates are combined. But here you go, the two of you are approved to go to heaven. Go ahead and go. What did you think was going on there? Anyone? For, for that particular test i think that was i mean i i wasn't really sure because the judge was doing shifty things um trying to eat her burrito and yeah i i I mean until i have to admit sometimes i follow along with the show and eleanor does a better job of figuring stuff out before i do (laughs) so yeah yeah, that's true go ahead um but i i what i liked is that of course when it came time for them to go to hell and she was like, well, guess what? When it came time to your tests, you know, you failed and, you know, Tahani, you failed and Jason, you failed. And then um, Eleanor was like, yeah, I, I failed too. I did. I did. Even though we know she didn't, you know, so I thought that was cool how they were going to have the, you know, because Eleanor just keeps surprising us, which I love. She solidarity. She meant it. Yeah. She was like, yeah. I'm staying with my friends. Um, yeah. I did think it was, I only thing that I felt disappointed in because Jason failing was just a given like we knew that was going to happen um and he didn't even understand his test and then um tahani failing wasn't surprising but i was i liked that it was a little disappointing because she has grown like just showing that when she goes to see her parents she doesn't let them affect her she's like yep seen this knew you're gonna say that okay i'm done and she leaves And it's just like, why couldn't she have had just that one little step and not gone in that room? Because she knew exactly what her parents were going to say. She was so close. She was so close. And then uh, Chidi, I was uh, more upset with that test because I feel like the Chidi that we've known from season one would have passed that test. And I feel like since he's been rebooted, I don't remember how many times, that yeah. this version of Cheaty is not as advanced as the other versions of Cheaties that we've seen. So it's really kind of disappointing that it right. took him an hour, or was it, three hours to pick a hat, like yeah. something. I was like, oh, come on, Cheaty, you're better than this. Yeah, because so, you figured he would have yeah. figured out that, hey, maybe the test was how quickly can you make the decision. Right, because his and thing is he can't make a decision. Right, yeah. So I feel the same way because they, they kind of they identified that. Right. You know, early on, even with like the, the trolley test, you know, or whatever, it's like right. you make your decision quick. This is, you know, people's lives are at stake. And so I kind of feel the same way about his. I mean, it was so easy, you know, to that, um, that it took him that long to figure out that, oh, the test was how quickly can you make that simple decision? So right. yeah. I feel like Ch- Chidi should have done better. Yeah. And... But oh, man, let's hear it for bad Janet. Good Janet. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> She was like, I'm really good, Janet. Shh. And I was like, no kidding, good Janet. Like, that was she great. She did a very good bat, but she did a very good bad Janet. So yeah, I was like, she oh. did. It was great. And oh, now that they've arrived after sentencing, I'm not sure what that means. Because it's like they were trying to get there before the test, and now they got there after the test. So I don't know what that, you know, 
where that's going, but I'm looking forward to it. And apparently it's the season finale. And I'm like, come on. I know. I know. Uh, but, it feels you know, like the season just started. I know. But we, and it's, it's so funny because, I mean, it's, it is just a half hour show, right? It's You're a right. comedy. Yeah, it's or... a comedy, but a lot of comedies have two, I was going to say they have like 20 something episodes, but I have to say, I'd rather have less episodes with Good such quality. a concise, oh, yeah. like their yeah. storyline is so perfect. Like they yeah. are, there's so, not a wasted episode that they've had so far. It's 13 episodes and half an hour show. I mean, that's, that's packing in a lot considering how well they do. Yeah. Yeah. It feels sure. like it should be a drama. Like, the storyline is so complex. But it is funny. <laughs> it is funny, yes. But it's Always. such a complex story, it, it blows my mind. I was like, I can't even... I've tried to explain this to some... Like, first season, I feel like you can explain really easily, like in one sentence. But yeah. second season, I'm like, uh, a lot of stuff happened, and yeah. they reset stuff, and so- they redeemed Michael, and then there was a burrito that could have been a judge. So yes, it's <laughs> but they do too of just of of making sure that I mean because there's there's really the four main characters but five if you also consider um, Michael uh, yeah so well and Janet it's like, six technically and Janet yeah and so but the the great thing is like every episode you know all all they're all there right. and they all have they all have screen time so in that what like isn't it like twenty two minutes of actual time now you know yeah. based on commercial stuff that they actually get you know, a story, like a plot for that episode in, they get, you know, their different act breaks. They, you know, they get, they get it, get it moving. And they also find time for things to be funny and ridiculous. And also to let you care about the characters. And it's like, they happen to, they're able to do it consistently. Like you said, it's like, they just have like the magic, uh, I think, uh, formula in the writer's room for getting this stuff done. (laughs) And somebody was like, I think they were, they, they interviewed the cast. They're like, I think our writers are crazy. <laughs> like, I can't, it's like, otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, next up, I want to talk about Electric Dreams really quick, mainly because I did a rush to judgment and shame on me. Um, I only watched one episode, the first episode of Electric Dreams, which had their top notch actors in it. And I thought, oh, this is just a really bad ripoff of Black Mirror. And I'm not saying I'm completely wrong about that, other than it's the I've watched three more episodes, and all three of them were good, but they felt... instead like Black Mirror has a way of giving you a beginning, a middle, and end of the story where you feel satisfied. These episodes feel like the pilot of a show that I wish I could watch. Like, it's, which is way better than what I thought of the first episode. The first episode, I was like, really? That's it? Ah, whatever. And, and I, I just kind of blew it off. But I was like, you know what? I want to see the uh, the Cranston episode. <clears throat> and it was fantastic. Actually, that did have an end. That one had an end. And when I finished it, I was like, oh, wait. That was a love story. Like, I didn't realize what it was until it literally got to the end. And I was like... Oh, that whole story was a love story. I didn't see that. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so it was like their version of hanging the DJ in a really bizarre, warped, really crazy way. Um, but it was the, if you want to watch one that will convince you to watch others, Brian Cranston's just like look at the picture and you'll see his picture and you're like, oh, watch that one. 
Um, that was a really that was moving, and, and he got to do some acting chops, which you know he gets to do a lot of times. But this one, I really, I really like believed him. It was great. And then I watched two other ones that left me feeling like, okay, when am I going to get more episodes in this universe? These characters are awesome. I need more. Um, instead of it having a clean end, which I'm not sure is good or bad, but I enjoyed the story as I watched it. So I am revising my assessment of Electric Dreams. So there you go. I've got, and there's like 10 episodes, I think. So I've got more to watch. Um, instead of watching them in order, I'm just reading the synopsis and picking ones that sound good. That's how I'm doing it. All right. That's my thoughts. Moving on. Next up, we're going to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I forgot the name of this episode. Um, it is Best Laid Plans. Thank you. Uh, and this one, the team is all together, which I like for the most part. Well, they're mostly together. Yeah, they, they connect officially at the end. Yes, they yeah. get on the mic and talk to each other. And they get, I have to say, they did make me wonder what Deke was going to do. Like, was he going to betray Daisy? And I think he didn't know what he was going to do until the moment came. Like, he was wavering because he kept following her, like, trying to be there in case he needed to do whatever he was going to do, but he wasn't sure what that was going to be. And then when the final man moment came, he ended up making the right call. I was like, way to go, Deke! When she was fighting Sonara, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So... I like that they managed to pull that off in an interesting way. And I like that uh, Max's plan was awesome. <laughs> because I was like, is your plan to blow yourselves up? But I was like, that's a terrible plan. Or is your plan, like, he took their ultimatum and he turned it around in such a way that was pretty impressive. And what, uh, who's the bad guy? Cassius is not used to is humans working together. He's never seen that happen. So he was completely unprepared for that outcome. So I thought that was really interesting. Other thoughts? Go ahead, guys. Who do you think is uh, Cassius's uh, future seeker or seer? Oh. I was racking my brain about that. You think Uh, we should know who it is? It has to be someone we know because they they can't, you know, it's not fair for them to be like, oh, suddenly he has somebody. But it has to be someone we've we've met in the past, you know? That can see the future. Yeah, the only the little girl's father could see the future, but he's dead. Yeah, but he he died. Yeah, right? uh, those are the only two characters I can think of. I know that's that's just it. I'm trying to think too. Like who else? It's it's frustrating because we're all going to go, oh brother, you know when they tell us. <laughs> <who this guy. laughs> but still, I'm like, well, that was that was interesting. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Anybody else? Right. Um. You know, I um, I'm loving um, this Mama Melinda May uh, yeah. storyline. Oh, look, she's like you're giving oh. you're giving the mom look again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm enjoying those moments because you know she's been you know just so stern and so tough, and I love that about her. Um, but I'm loving seeing a, a, a little bit of a softer side to her as well. So I'm I'm enjoying this uh, other side of Melinda May. Um, I think that that's really... Um, well, I think... Uh, uh, I almost called her Sky. I think that Daisy is what brought that out in her. Because yeah. she's been Daisy's mom for a while. Yes. 
Although when, you know, we had the flashback to what, uh, you know, got her to be called the cavalry, we learned that base, it, it really had to do with a small child who she was being maternal toward and, and you know, that turned out to be a bad thing. Well, um, she but only she, knew that but, child for five minutes. It wasn't like... Yeah, but I mean, that's, we got it, we got to look that, you know, that's, that's the, the basic her. When you get underneath all those layers of toughness that she's, she's built up on over the years, there is that person underneath who, who cares, you know, and who's very maternal toward, toward kids and, you know, who, who has that mothering instinct. Right, so I think, true. I think that was just kind of calling back to that with her. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts? Um, I did have one. Um, I, I, and I think I lost. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> what, what I, had? I was trying to remember. I said, wait, there was one. Okay. I, you know, only thing that, that wasn't as strong for me is the bringing back of tests. Um, I, oh, I thought yeah, that as the, from the dead? Her yeah. coming back from the dead, I thought there was going to be more to it, whether she has some kind of abilities or whether, you know, she has, well, you know, the thing is, we um, know the side effects of the way they brought her back. So we know yeah. what's coming next, which is what Colson went through. She's going to go insane. Yeah. 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 I, I just, it, it just wasn't as strong to me. I'm glad she's back. Cause I like the actress a lot, but I just wanted just a little bit more from this, episode with her as that because i don't feel like they asked enough questions because it's like you were hanging now you're standing in front of me talking i just thought that there would just be a little bit more for me well, they were like they were like oh Cassius brought me back because he's a god and and then mac was like yeah no <laughs> <laughs> i thought honestly she'd be creepier than that i figured she'd be like a spy for him or something that's like what that. i thought too exactly. yeah but clearly that's not it because otherwise he would have been better prepared for what was going to happen. Uh, so, yeah. Well, or they could have been smart and not told her all the pieces of the plan. Um, right. But yeah, I thought this episode was pretty good, but I can't wait for next week where apparently he's going to use his special whoever to tell the future and help fight them. Yes. And yeah, bring it. Yeah. You kind of wonder why, if he had this this person all this time, how come he didn't use him? You know? Well, I don't think he never had to before, because the humans weren't a problem. He could defeat them really easily. And this is the first time where he's now had a problem. And he's like, oh, let me use this advantage, you know? So, all right, thumbs up. Uh, for that and if you guys have any questions or comments you can send them to tvcampfiregmail.com plus on Twitter or on Facebook you can listen to us on getthepointradio.com Krypton Radio Wheatonopolis and iTunes and you guys talk to you next time bye 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 everybody bye.